before him Heavenly Father we want to say thank you Lord thank you for the opportunity to gather again this evening Lord and Father we know that you had an appointment with us Lord and we know you never miss your appointments Lord and Father we just want to give you the preeminence this evening Lord we just want to ask you to have your way in our midst Lord Father from the speaker to the hearers Lord we just want to surrender ourselves to you Father we just want to ask you, oh Heavenly Father, Lord God, to speak through the speaker, oh Lord God, and hear through the hearers, oh Lord. Father, you know every need in here, Lord. I just pray that you go pew by pew, oh Lord. So, Father, you go to person by person, oh Lord, this evening, Lord. And Lord, you minister personally to everyone, oh God. Father, we pray may we live this place like those from amazed as they walk with you, oh Father, Lord God. And say that truly our heart does burn, oh Lord. And Father, as we live this place, may we live with you in our hearts, oh Lord God. That you may continue your work, Lord, unveiling and revealing yourself unto us, O Lord. Making us ready, O Father, for a rapture, O Lord God. Father, we just want to say thank you this evening, Lord God. We thank you for your presence here, O Lord. Father, we just ask that you continue to move, Lord. You've been in the song service, Lord. We pray that you've been in the word name also, Father. We just want to say to the Lord, we love you and we bless your name, O God. We thank you for this evening, Lord. And we ask that you have the preeminence and you have your way. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you all. Greetings on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the minor musicians. Amen. We sure did enjoy the service Sunday morning. But uh, it's wonderful. God bless you. It was interesting because I, I was supposed to take Sunday evening service and I, I was gearing up a certain way. The Lord was leading us a certain way. And and uh, well, for some, the service didn't happen. And then Sunday morning, are you sitting in the service? And Brother Ed was speaking, and, and the Lord just spoke and said, You know, this is what I really want you to speak. So we're trusting on that the Lord will speak to us this evening. Amen. Amen. So, you know, God moves in every service, and we just have to wait on Him and hear what He has to say. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this, this evening, and we just want to. Open to First Thessalonians chapter four, very familiar scripture that we know. We read from verse thirteen to verse eighteen. Um, amen. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse thirteen to eighteen. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Does ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together 
Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. I believe there was a time we need some comfort. I believe these are the perfect word to comfort one another. To say we're not going to be here for too long. Amen. There's a time that we are going to leave this place. Amen. Is that comfort one another with these words. And this evening we just want to comfort one another with these words. We're trusting in the Holy Ghost. The Lord bless you. You might have your seat. Amen. Amen. The title this evening is, You Can't Stop This. You just can't stop this. Amen. From my title, the you is definitely referring to Satan and his kingdom. And the this is referring to Christ and his bride. Amen. You can't stop this. In the, unchanging, in the unchangeable God working in an unexpected way, Phoenix 1962, Brother Branham was saying, now we are living in a changing time. He said, everything is changing. Just everything that you can, look, you can look at and see with your eyes come out of the earth and its material starts changing. Amen. Further on in the message, he would say the people are changing. Amen. And we sure can see the things are changing in the world that, that is around us. Amen. The world is changing. People are changing. It says the people are not friendly like they used to be. Amen. Surely in this time, even if we're going to take the mask off and we're going to do this and the other, I can tell you one thing, the people are not going to be the same. The things are changing. Amen. Things are changing so towards a certain direction. You know, the world is changing. It's going towards a certain movement, going towards certain things. Amen. Why? Because Satan is perfecting his kingdom. He's realizing that his time is nigh for him to actually have full control of the earth. Amen. But but we know that it's not going to last for too long for him. Amen. Because according to the word, we will be back here and we will rule and reign right here on the earth again. Amen. But we know the things are changing and everything is changing. But there's one thing that we know that is sure that God does not change. Amen. God does not change. No matter what changes, no matter what happens, our God remains the same. He was speaking Malachi and he would say, Malachi would say that our God, he changed not. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. What he has done, he can do today and he will do forever. Amen. He never changes. Amen. And we know that the changing that is happening in the world is not happening for anything better or anything good but a changing has just happened for the worse we have seen movements that have been around and all the movements are trying to do is to stop everything that is good they're trying to stop everything that is good you're calling good evil and you're calling evil good amen and we know satan is also on the rampage and he is trying to stop the church from knowing what she really is he's trying to stop her to know what she really is and he's using all the finest that he can find in Laodicea to try to lure her down. And, and he's trying to do, oh, by the way, the red line is gone. <laughs> oh, my. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? Your mind just get conditioned with that. You almost feel like you can cross the line. But there's no line tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Well, you see what the finest of Laodicea, he's trying to lower down the bride of Christ. He's trying to lower down the church. I mean, all many of the churches have been lowered by the finest that he's got in Laodicea. Amen. But, he, but oh, he, the Lord was speaking his word in Matthew 24, 24 even. And he'll say that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. And it's going to pass away with Satan and his devices. But there's one thing that is not going to pass away. And that's the words that Jesus has spoken. He said, my words shall never pass away. Amen. As we heard on Sunday that he is building a church. And a church is being built not upon man. It's not being built upon Jesus. But it's being built upon the revelation of the word. Amen. And as he's building a church upon the revelation of the word. He's making sure that his children are not standing upon the sinking sands of time. But they are standing upon the rock of ages. Amen. Because when the storm comes, there is only one thing that is going to stand and that is the rock of ages that we are standing on because when the storm comes and you're standing on the sand you are going to be shifted you are going to be driven you are going to be moved away but I believe that the pride of Christ in this age ought to be sure where she is standing I believe we ought to be sure where we are standing that we are not standing on the sinking sand we are not standing on the promises the government are making but we are standing on the sure word of God because there is nothing that is going to stop the word of God from being fulfilled and if nothing is going to stop the word from being fulfilled then nothing is going to stop you to manifest who you really are oh hallelujah nothing is going to stop the word and he'll go on to say in John 6, 63, and he'll say, just halfway through the scripture, say, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In Matthew, he says that all everything will pass away, but his words shall not pass away. And here in John, he's saying that his words are spirit and are life. So when we receive the word and we believe the words that he spoke, then we receive the life of Christ. And if we receive the life of Christ, then that means that we've received eternal life. And I don't know you, but I don't believe that eternity can be stopped. There is no way that you can stop eternity. There is no way that you can put a pause to eternity. We might be here at this moment, we might be expressing time for a little while, but for a, for a, for a few seasons, remember that a little block of time is going to rise up again into the circle of eternity. You can't stop eternity because it has no beginning and it has no end. And there is only one that is eternal and that is God himself. And Satan tried all that he could to stop Jesus. And he could do to stop Jesus, he did it. But he was bound to fulfill the word of God. Satan couldn't stop him. Down through the church ages, he tried all the could to stop all the saints. And he tried to martyr them. He tried to do everything. But they were ready to stand unto death. He tried his best to stop the message that Luther was to bring, you know. But, but there was no way that he was going to be able to stop Luther's message. There was no way he was going to be able to stop Wesley's message. There was no way he was going to be able to stop the restoration of the gift that came in Pentecost. And I want to ask you, how was he going to stop this church triumphant? If he couldn't stop Luther's message, and he couldn't stop Wesley's message, and he couldn't stop the Pentecostal blessing, I tell you, he's not going to stop this church. 
Because God is the same yesterday and he is the same today and he is the same forever. Amen. You see, we are a people that have been called out of Laodicea. We've been called out of the church of Laodicea as a type of Enoch. Brother Branham will say that Enoch was the servant from Adam. And if you go to Luke chapter 3 from, 20, from verse 37 to 38, you can see the lineage there and you can know that it's truly Enoch is the servant. Is the servant from Adam. And Brother Branham will say in the message rapture, he said now it's the seventh church age that takes the rapture. Now I want you to notice that he said it's the seventh church age that takes the rapture. He said all the other six died but Enoch was translated. Now when it says that all the other six died, he's meaning all of the other six that were before, that were before Enoch in the lineage, they died. But Enoch was the only one who took the rapture and he was the seventh from Adam. Amen. He said, but Enoch was translated because he was not found. God took him. But Enoch raptured. What a type. He said, Enoch rapture was a type of all the rest of them dying. But the end time bride will be called out. The rapture without that will be called out of the servant church age, which we are now bearing record of that, of, and which we are now bearing record of that age. Amen. We are now in the seventh age and we are bearing record over them. Brother Branham will say that the only thing that the church is waiting for now is the rapture. That is what we are waiting for. Amen. So I actually don't know how Satan is actually going to be able to interrupt the plan of God. Because he is dealing with the people that have received the seed gene of God. He is dealing with the people that have eternal life in them. He is dealing with the people that have been expressing time just for a little while. And I just wonder how is Satan going to stop this bride? Amen. Oh, I tell you, you can't stop this. Because she is bound to return back to eternity. She is bound to return back to where he, she came from. Amen. On the message, the rapture, Brother Branham will continue to say, Now, so we are in. He said, Now, if you've got eternal life, you were in God before there ever was a world. Is that you are part, you are a part, a son of God, an attribute of God. He said, He knowed the very age you were coming. I want to take notice of that. He said, He knowed the very age you were coming. He said, He predestinated you to that age, to take that place, and no one else can take it. He said, care, he said, care how many impersonations and things. He said, you've got to be there. Because he knew that you would be there. And he said, now you are made manifest. Amen. Now take notice of these things. You are made manifest. You were, you were in him from the beginning. But now you are made manifest. And he knew that you were going to be made manifest in this age. He said, now you are made manifest. Now you can have fellowship with him. And that's what he wants. He said, he's longing for fellowship to be worship. He said, but if your life was not, always, was, wasn't, was not always an attribute in God, you were just a mimic of Christianity. And he said, see, there will be millions and billions of them that will just be mimics of Christianity. But I believe that I am not speaking to mimics of Christianity. Amen. I believe I'm speaking to the bride of Christ. Amen. The one that was in him from the beginning that have been made manifest in this age. Amen. See, if we are born of the Holy Ghost, 
as Christians, then we've got eternal life in us. Amen. Then we've got eternal life in us. No matter how much we were roaming around in the world and doing this and the other, that was the time just as the eagle that was sitting in the barn of the chicken barn, that was the time that we had a shout. There came a time that we had a shout. And the shout came and said, come out from among them. And when we had a shout, there was a pool that was drawing us away from wherever we were to come into the glorious kingdom of God. Amen. Brother Branham would say, what was the pool? He was said, what was it? The life that was down in there from the beginning. You see, what was pulling you was something that God had deposited in you right from the beginning. And he had predestinated that at this time, you will be made manifest. And at this time, he will come and call you and bring you to the place where he wants you to be. Friends, I don't know if we realize that right now that we're sitting here, eternal life is in you. If you were to die in this very moment, you're just putting off the one flesh and you're just not going to die. You are going to a place. You are still going to believe in. If you've got eternal life in you, if you are born again of the Holy Ghost, you cannot die. There is no way that you can die. Right now, eternal life is in you. Right now, you are an attribute of God that has been expressed in this age. You are not just someone that just showed up and laid us here. God had thought of you from the beginning. And now he said, I want you to come on this earth. And I want you to be manifest in this age and this time. Right in the midst of, in the midst of COVID, that's where I want you. That's where I want you. I want you to be manifested in this time. If we realize that we are not ourselves, it is God in us. All the rest that is part of the body and the spirit realm, they've been an addition to things that are helping us to contact the realms of, of the air that is around us. But I want you to notice there is something that is really real inside and that is the soul. And that came from him. That is a part of him now in you. A part of him now sitting on a pew. <laughs> Believe it or not, but a part of him wearing a mask. You are still a part of him. Oh, friends, if only we'll come to that realization. To understand that in us is not ourselves dwelling in. No wonder Brother Branham will say, I am not the son of Charles and Ella Branham. But my true father is God. That was where we were truly begotten. Our natural birth was just to make a way for us to be expressed. The natural birth of Jesus Christ was just for God to have an earthly vessel to fulfill his word. And the earthly vessel that went is just now for us to have an earthly vessel to fulfill his word. Amen. Amen. But you see, what did the world do? They laughed at him. They mocked him. And that's exactly what they're doing today. They're laughing at her. They're mocking her. Oh, my, they call her holy roller. They call her old-fashioned. They said she's a cult. They said her prophet is false. And they've been telling her all sort of lies. But you see, she's a type of Rebecca. 
And she's not so much interested in what the people are saying. But she's interested in what Eliezer is telling her. See, she's being moved by faith. She's not been moved by something, something ordinary, but she's been moved by faith. I want you to realize that she has not seen Isaac yet, but she's believing. And she said, and I will go. I am not staying here with my family. I am not staying here with my first bird. I am leaving this place. I am going to meet Isaac. I don't know him. I haven't seen him. But I have heard the word. I have heard a shout that has come from another land. And it has called me to be the wife of Isaac. And you are not going to stop me. I don't care what mama say. I don't care what daddy say. This is my decision. This is my decision and I am deciding that I am going. I am deciding that I am not staying behind. Oh, and you know, when he was on his way, with, oh, he was on his way with Eliezer. You see, she wasn't concerned about Eliezer. And I want you to take notice of that. She wasn't concerned about Eliezer. She was concerned about Isaac. Oh, she wasn't asking Eliezer, what kind of job are you doing, Eliezer? She wasn't asking Eliezer, what kind of car are you driving, Eliezer? But she was interested. She was saying, tell me about Isaac. Tell me a little more about him. How does he look like? Oh, how does he speak? How does his stand look like? Oh, hallelujah. She was interested in all the one thing. Let him go on and criticize. Let him go on and put websites. Let him go on and say what they want. There's only one thing that we are interested in. Oh, and that is Isaac. We are interested in Christ because we came from him. And we are going back to him. Oh, we are not expressing this time. Just, just, just as a human being. Or just, just, just as a human flesh. But we have been expressed as the word living again. It is the word of God that is living in you this evening. In the beginning was the word and you were there. When the word was made flesh, you were there. Oh, when the word went to the grave, you were there. Oh, when the word went down to hell, you were there. When the word rose again, you were there. Oh, you tell me what is going to stop this. No one can stop this. If they couldn't stop Jesus, they are not going to be able to stop his bride. Oh, hallelujah. I don't care how many times they may put ahead of us or put in front of us. There is no way that you are going to stop this bride. Oh, she is born of the word. She is made of the word. Every turn on him, the blood that is flowing on him is the royal blood of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. There is no one that is going to stop her. Rebecca was interested in only one time. She had had a shout and she said, oh, I am leaving. And we have had a shout. We have had a shout. And we said that we are leaving. Oh, and friends, it doesn't matter how long the journey is. The longer the journey, the more the revelation of Isaac we get. Because he's eternal. You can never come to a point where you've understood all about God. Oh, hallelujah. The longer the journey, the more revelation. And it'll be revelation upon revelation, upon revelation, upon revelation. I don't want to go ahead of myself. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Branham, now I'm talking about 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16. Is that the first thing? Is that the first thing comes when he starts descending from heaven? There's a shout. 
Is that what is it? It's a message to get the people together. We're still talking from, we're still speaking from the rapture message. Is that, is that, is that there's a shout? What is it? It's a message to get the people together. Is that a message come forth first? Is that now, now is lamb trimming time? Is that rise and trim your lambs? Is that what watch was that? The seventh, not the sixth. The seventh, behold the bridegroom cometh. Rise and trim your lambs. And I said, and they did. Some of them found they didn't, they didn't even have any oil in their lambs. See, but it's lamb trimming time. Amen. It is lamb trimming time. You have had to shout. It is time to trim the lamb. You have had a shout. It is time to make sure there is oil in the lamb. Oh, hallelujah, because before the bridegroom came, there was one that went out and tattered to shout that, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And now was the time for them to start to get ready. Amen. Friends, I believe it's time for us to cut loose of anything that is standing in the way. It's time to unpack anything that we've got. It's time to unpack any unnecessary load. Oh, friends, you've got a load of unforgiveness. What are you waiting for? You've got a load of bitterness. What are you waiting for? How long do you want to run around with that? All that is doing is eating you up. It's robbing you of your victory. It's robbing you of your overcoming power. Because so far as the devil has got something to point to. Oh, I tell you, he's got a good point. And he says he has every right to challenge every blessing. So far as he's got something that he can point to. It's time to unpack. It's time to unload. It's time to unload all worldly amusements. It's time to lay them all down. Friends, we are here for the word. We are not here to have fun. We are not here to be part of the world. We are here for the word. We are here to be changed. We are here to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh my. That's why we are here. It's time to get away from all worldly amusement. And we ought to make sure that we've got the right kind of oil in the lamb. There are many spirits that are around in this world. And the only one that is going to put you in a rapture is the Holy Spirit. But there are many other spirits in the world. Many spirits. And we want to make sure that we've got the right kind of oil in the lamb. Because there is only one type of oil that is going to turn that lamb on. No matter what type of you ever had. I remember when I was a kid, we used to have one of those little lambs. And we used to use kerosene to, pull, to, to light them. And yeah, if you put anything else in, well, I think it was going to smoke or something like that. I don't remember. But you had to put in the right kind of oil. You had to put the right kind of tannana. For you to have the light. But remember that it said that you ought to trim it too. You ought to trim the wick. 
You want to trim away because as the lamb has been, has been used, eventually carbon is going to deposit on the wick. And you ought to trim that away. You're going to cut that off for the Lord to shine brighter. Amen. Looks like I'm old, right? I'm not. <laughs> Amen. But you've got to trim it. You're going to trim it for the Lord to shine brighter. And make sure that the right kind of oil is in it. You see, we're living in a time that we've got a lamb that cannot take a box of oats or hay. Because we've gone past the horse and buggy age. We've gone past that age. We can't pull a box of, box of oats in the lamb. It's not going to work. We're living in a time that we can't put the fuel that we get from the gas station in the lamb. It is not going to work. That is, that, that, that is Wesley's message. You can't take that. You can't stay there. It's not going to work. We can't put in the fuel that they use for the airplane. It is not going to work. That was for the Pentecostal people. It is not going to work. But the fuel that is needed is the fuel of the Holy Ghost. That's the only fuel that is going to light up that lamb. Because we are not living in the horse and buggy age. Neither we're living in the automobile age. Neither we're living in the plane age. But we're living in the astronaut age. And it's time for a takeoff. I want to make sure that we've got a right kind of oil in the lamb. That we've got a great kind of fuel in the lamb. Because it is the Holy Ghost that will bring the revelation of the word. And when you receive the revelation of the word, that is what would defeat Satan at any place, at any time, and at any moment. Nothing else is going to defeat Satan but the Holy Ghost. And when we come to every service, and we start to hear the word, and we hear the word, and we're receiving the word, something starts to happen. If you keep feeding on the word, you find yourself starting to get drunk on the new wine. You find yourself that there's a new wine, there's something that is stimulating you. There is something that is stimulating the revelation. It is making it a reality to you. There is a wine, there is a stimulation that is coming and is stimulating you. And you find as the stimulation comes and is stimulating the soul and is causing a pull, it's causing a hunger for more of the word. You find that that stimulation will start to flow into your spirit realm and you find that your thoughts start to change. And the mind that was in Christ is the mind that started to come in you. You find that your meditation start to be on the word and you start to meditate upon a day and night. The more you keep the stimulation going and, and, and it keeps on bringing a revelation more and more to you. It's that to change your thinking. It's that to change you. And the stimulation goes on. And you start, on think, you start to think on that which is pure. And you start to think on that which is holy. And you start to think on that which is of good report. Now when you walk in the doctor's office and he tells you it's impossible, you go back to the good report and you say it is possible because my Lord said so. And when the enemy comes and tells you that you are pain, you go back to the report and he says that wherever the Son has set free, he is free indeed. 
Hallelujah. Whatever he brings to you, you go back to the good report. He tells you that you are not going to make it. You go back to the good report. Let's say that there is coming a day that we are not going to hinder those to sleep. Oh, hallelujah. But we are going to rise up with them and we are going to meet the Lord in the air. Your mind started to change. You started to face your battle in a different way. Whereas you started to face it with your ability. You turn around to the ability of God. And you say, this is not my battle. This is God's battle. And I am going to set and make myself available for him to fight the battle. Oh, hallelujah. And your mind started to change. And the stimulation starts to go. Oh, and as it keeps on stimulating in the spirit realm, it started moving to the body. Oh, the revelation of the word, it started moving the body. And we can call Abraham and Sarah on the scene to tell us how that stimulation works. Oh, and we can see Abraham sitting at the gate of his tent that day. Oh, it must have been a hot afternoon just as it is this, this afternoon. Very hot. The sun beating on Abraham's head and Abraham is old and he stooped down and, and he's just sitting there and right down from the horizon he can see three men walking towards the stand. Surely there weren't many people around that place. He was the only one in that wilderness. And if there were three men walking there, that means that they were going somewhere. But when he looks, there is nowhere they can go but come to his stand. Oh, and Abraham sat there and he started to move towards them. And as he moved towards them and he got to them, he said, you know, he, he called him my Lord. I was just one, even though there were three people there. And he said, my Lord, and invited him to the town and he sat him down and he said, please allow me to prepare something for you. Oh, and there he sits at the door of the tent and, and they're talking away and oh, they're sharing different things. Perhaps he told them how the journey was. Oh, hallelujah. And he's telling him and they're talking and so forth. And he asks him, you know, where is your wife? And he said, oh, my wife is just there on the tent behind him. Oh, and as he's speaking to them, I want you to realize something. That when he came and he started to speak, he didn't bring any new message. He didn't bring a new message, but he came to confirm that, what, that which was already spoken. He came to confirm that which he was already spoken. And he said, I am going to meet you in a time of life. Oh, hallelujah. And Abraham was sitting there and, and he's hearing all this. And, and he said, oh my, how is this going to be? Sarah's back in the tent and she's laughing away. And, and oh my, and he said, why does Sarah laugh? And, and Sarah comes and said, oh, he didn't laugh. But we know the story of how he couldn't slay Sarah because she was part of him. And how was the type of Christ and the bride and so forth. Hallelujah. But there he is. And he gives them the promise. And after he gives them the promise, he departs. And he departs and he goes and here is Abraham. Now he's got the promise. He's been stimulated by the word that has been given to him. His memory has started to change. He's starting to think back to the promise that was given to him. His imagination now is upon the word that he's going to receive a son. The word is bringing a change. The word is bringing a change. He had received the word in his soul. He had believed it and he has walked out of his country. And he has come away. But it has taken so long. But he came back to confirm the word. To say oh, I have not forgotten. He is coming. 
I have not forgotten. You are going to receive that son, Abraham. And as Abraham sat there and days that ago, boy, oh my, he woke up and he asked Sarah, Sarah, how are you feeling? And Sarah says, oh, well, it's just the same. But then Sarah lifted up his head and she said, Abraham, there's something strange about you. There's something strange about you, Abraham. Your shoulders are not still as they used to be. Why? Because Abraham received the word. Abraham received the word that the, that the man or the angel that came to the tent brought to him. And he didn't just receive the word, but he believed the word. And he started to meditate upon that word. And it was stimulating. And it was bringing a stimulation. And every day was more revelation. It was a precept upon precept. And the revelation was growing. It was going from the soul into the spirit. And now it was hitting the body. And his shoulders weren't the same. And it says, Sarah, I can notice that your wrinkles are not being there anymore. There is something happening to you too, Sarah. What was happening? The body was changing. What was causing them? What set everything in motion? The revelation of the word that they received. That was what set in motion the body change. The one that Brandon will emphasize upon revelation. Because that is what is going to set in motion this body change. That is the only thing that is going to set in motion this body change. And all friends, we tell you one day, this mortal body is going to put on immortality. One of these days, we are going to see your body change. But we just have to keep feeding on the word. But I want you to know that it all started. It all starts with one thing. It starts with a right kind of oil in the lamb. If you've got a right, the wrong kind of oil in the lamb, I tell you, there is not going to be any stimulation. There is not going to be any revelation. And you're going to be here and you're going to see the people leave. It starts with the right kind of oil. It starts with the Holy Ghost. Because that is what is going to bring the revelation. Amen. You see the astronaut, when he leaves the earth... And it's in the orbit, it needs a refilling. You see, the astronaut cannot rely on the fuel that was put on it when it was on Earth. The fuel was good for it to take off, but it wasn't enough to keep it going. It needed a refilling. It needed a constant refilling until it got back to the place where it left. It needed a constant refilling because whatever received from the beginning was not going to sustain it throughout the orbit. And it's good that we've had an experience with the Lord. But friends, I tell you, if just relying on, on a past experience, I tell you, it's not going to keep you through the orbit. It's not going to bring you to the destination. You need a refilling each day. You need a continual washing by the water of the word. You need it. I need it. Everyone needs it. Because if we are planning to leave this place, to go into a rapture, we ought to be constantly in the word of God. We ought to be constantly making sure that it's the right kind of spirit, that it's the right kind of oil that is in the lamb and when you come in every service 
there is a possibility for a refilling. In every service, there is a possibility for a refilling. Amen. There is a possibility for a refilling. It doesn't matter when, if you are already in the orbit. It doesn't matter if you're flying as a low, at a low altitude. We all need a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham would speak and he would say, What shall I do with Jesus called Christ Jeffersonville 1963? He said the dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Spirit. That we have worked in a small measure while the headstone is coming down to unite with the body. But Brother Moses was speaking all that, I think two Sundays ago. While the headstone is coming to unite with the body. But when that head and the body unites together, the full power of the Holy Ghost will raise her up just exactly like that. Even the dead that's dead in Christ for hundreds of years will rise in the beauty of his holiness and take a flight to the skies. He said the dynamic is the Holy Ghost. All the Holy Spirit is says here. The dynamic is the Holy Spirit. He said the dynamic of this church will be the refilling of the Holy Spirit. You want to see a church move according to the will of God? We need a constant refilling of the Holy Spirit. We want to see the God move in our service when we need a constant refilling of the Holy Spirit. That is the dynamic of the church. And he says that we have it emerged now because we know that we did receive an emerge on the day of Pentecost as he devoted himself into a many members membered body. But he is going to unite that body again with the head. And we know that we are in, a, in the process of that. As we had two Sundays ago, that the headship is here. It is not far away, but it is here. Amen. And if we have had the shout, the voice is to follow. The voice is to follow. The rapture. Brother Branham said, the first and the commonest is message, calling the bride together. The next then is the resurrection of the sleeping bride. He said the ones died back in, back in the other ages, they are caught up together. And then it says, and the trumpet, the feast in heaven in the skies. Why, that's the thing that, is take, that, is the, that's the thing that takes place, friends. He says, we are right there ready now. He said, the only thing the church, the church coming out has got to lay before the sun to be ripened. Amen. We've had a shout. We know the voice is going to follow. We know the trumpet, which is normally sounding for, the, for, for, for Israel. But we know it's also typing of us leaving this place for the feast in heaven. And I said, the only thing that we're waiting for is to lay in the presence of the sun to be ripened. Lay in the presence of the sun to be ripened. And I'm going to wind down my thoughts on this. Lord willing. Amen. But lay in the presence of the sun to be ripened. And that is what Satan is trying to stop. Lay in the presence of the sun to be ripened. That is what he is trying to stop. 
Because once she's ripened, she's leaving this place. And he's trying all he can do to stop it. But you can't stop this. The cycle has begun. The process of the rapture is already in his, in his place. You can't stop this. Oh, hallelujah. We didn't say we're going to have a body change. God said we're going to have a body change. We didn't say we're going in a rapture. God said we're going in a rapture. Oh, hallelujah. We didn't say that we are going to overcome. He said that he is overcome. We didn't say that we are going to have the victory. He said that he is out of victory. Oh, hallelujah. Who can stop this? You can't stop this. She is going to be ripened. No matter what you throw at her, she is going to be ripened. She is bound to live this place. She has got eternal life in her right now. It doesn't matter how long you push the Satan, we live in this place anyway. You can't stop eternal life. You can't hold back eternal life. It didn't have a beginning and it is not going to have an end. You didn't have a beginning. I didn't have a beginning. And you are not going to have an end. And I am not going to have an end. Oh, no matter what Satan knows. Oh, I tell you, he's not going to stop this. You are not going to stop this. But what does he do? One of the things that he does most of the time and that is just one of his taxes, and that's what I want to take this evening, because that's what the Lord was laid on my heart. One of the taxes that it takes, and that's the, ta that, that's the tactics of guilt. And I'm just going to take that this evening. The tactics of guilt. You did that. You said that. How are you going to lift your hands in worship when you did that? You watched that. You went there. That was you. How are you going to put on a tape? Don't you feel guilty? Aren't you ashamed of yourself? That's not me saying it. That's what Satan says. And I tell you, he's told me that too. And I believe he's told everyone too. You did it. You said it. You made the mistake. Oh, and he'll beat you down with that. You wake up on a Sunday morning and you try to recall everything you've done from Monday to Saturday. Everything you did wrong, you try to recall it to you on Sunday morning. Wednesday, you're getting ready for church. Right in the morning when you get to work, there is someone kind of rattling away or doing that and doing the other. And perhaps you just say something that is off. Oh, and he's going to pick on that. You did it. And you say, shame on you and, and this and the other. Oh, my. Oh, friends, well, we've been looking at the picture the wrong way. Oh, at least he has been looking at the picture are the wrong way. And I believe that this evening the Lord is here to want you to know one time that you didn't do it. You didn't do it. 
He's here to tell you one thing. Now this evening, the Amalekite of guilt is not going home with you. Friends, because you know what, when he starts to bring guilt in, you lose your confidence. You remember Brother Ed speaking about not losing your confidence. You lose your confidence. And when you lose your confidence, you can't approach God in prayer. Or at least when you approach God in prayer, you don't have the boldness to claim your promises and to claim what is belonging to you. Why? Because you're guilty. And it's making you feel guilty. Oh, but this evening, it's time to bring that to an end. Because he can't stop this. No one can stop this. He's been looking at the picture the wrong way. And he's been trying to get us to look at the picture the wrong way. But I want to read a quote to you this evening. In the rapture message again, Brother Branham will speak. And I said, I notice, not only is the bride washed, now notice this, is said, not only is the bride washed, forgiven, but she is justified. Now I know that we've heard this word many times that we are justified and we never did it in the first place. But have we been acting upon that? Amen. We're trusting in the Lord that he'll make it a little real to us this evening. Amen. I said, and notice, not only is the bride washed forgiven, but she's justified. See, did you ever try the word justified and see what it means? Is that but the word justified is though you never done it at all. No, he didn't say you didn't do it sometime or, or whatever. He said you didn't do it at all. You literally never did it. Now, this is, these are not my words. These are the words of the prophet of this last age. And it's in the rapture message, 1963. Amen. He said, but he said, though you never done it at all, justified. He said, and then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from sin till it's put in the book of God's forgetfulness. Now, he's got a book of forgetfulness. Now, I want to type this just for a moment. Now, we've all must have been in the situation where, you know, you, you are with a friend and you, you, you talking and you, you, you know, you conversation and, and all that. And, and then your friend will make a comment and will say, hey, do you remember that day when, when we went out and we did that and we did that? And, and you just say, well, I honestly don't remember who you're talking about. I don't remember us doing that. But your friend is very convinced that you were there with him and you went and you did that. And you were honestly sincere that you actually don't remember doing that. Sometimes our parents will tell us, you know, as, as young people, oh, when you were a kid, you did this and you did that. And you say, Mom, I don't remember. I don't remember doing that. <laughs> oh, my Remember, I think one time my mom said, I, what did I do? I think one time I, I think I went and took my sister's clothes and put it on or something of that sort. And I said, Mom, I never did that. But she said, you did it. She said, you did it. But there is something that you just can't remember because you just can't. 
No matter how he says that you did it, you just, oh, you don't remember it. That is the book of God's forgetfulness. Hallelujah. When Satan comes to him and he says, did you see what Brother Dwayne did? He said, oh, I don't remember it. He repented of it. Oh, I don't remember it. And Satan will say, well, he did it. Oh, I seen him do it. He said, but I don't remember it. Why? Because the moment Brother Dwayne repented of it, it went in the sea of forgetfulness. And I am never... Hallelujah. I am never and ever and ever and ever throughout eternity going to remember it. The moment he repented, it was gone. You never did it. But Satan goes with a report, but he did it, but she did that, she said that, you never did it. He doesn't remember it. Oh, hallelujah. But Abraham will continue to say, he's the only one can do it. God is the only one that can do it. He said, we can't, we can forgive, but not forget. I can forgive you, but I always remember you've done these evil things. Then you are not just, you are forgiven. Now I want you to notice what Brother Branham is pointing out here. He's saying being forgiven, you will remember. But here God is talking about being justified. When we go on a prayer to pray and we ask for forgiveness and repent of our sin, I want you to remember that God is not just forgiving you, He is justifying you. Because if he's only forgiven you, then he's going to remember him. According to what the quote is saying. But once you repent and you are forgiven, you are justified. It's like you never did it in the first place. Amen. Amen. He said you're justified. He said, he goes on to say, but in the sight of God, the bride is justified. She never done it in the first place. Amen. He says, standing there, married to the virtuous son of God, never sinned in the first place. Oh, come on, church. He said, he never sinned in the first place. He said, why? She was foreordained. She was trapped into this. Come on, hallelujah. She was trapped into this. You were trapped into what? Well, he made a way out. Hallelujah. She said she was trapped in the nets. And now when she had the truth and come forth, the blood cleanses her. And, it's there, and she stands there. Virtue, see, she no sin on her at all. Oh, friends. No sin at all. Where is Satan going to put the guilt this evening? No sin at all. Fully and completely justified. Oh, mine, I'm running back. Oh, mine. Hallelujah. We will not go any further than any longer. We will try to, run, run, try to wrap up here and, and try to end here. And, amen. Amen. 
Hallelujah. But you never did it in the first place. Oi, because grace stepped in. Grace stepped in. Adam and Eve sinned. They tried to make a fig leaf. According to the word of God, they were supposed to die. According to the word of God, that was supposed to be the end of the human race. Because they had sinned and they were supposed to die. The earth was going to be populated by animals only. According to the word of God. But the grace of God stepped in. And he made a way that they could leave. But that grace was just a type. The one that he was going to come and finish that work. He was going to come and fulfill the law. And so one day, grace put on flesh. And grace was born in a manger. And grace grew up as a young person. And grace grew up as a 25-year-old man. And grace walked on the earth. And grace had all kind of temptations. And grace had all kind of battles. And grace went on the cross. And grace went there to finish the work. Amen. Grace went there to finish the work. To take away the guilt. And say that you never did it in the first place. To say that you are justified. All the guilt. All the blaming. All the report that Satan has got against you. I am rubbing it all off. I am erasing them all. That I cannot even send them anymore. And Satan will come and try to point at this. And try to point at that. And Jesus will say... But it's in the sea of forgetfulness. I just can't remember it anymore. Why? Because grace has come down. Because grace has come to settle the matter. Because grace has sealed everything that God had purpose and ordained to do. Because grace has come. And if Satan couldn't stop grace, Satan is not going to stop you. Because the grace of God, it was still here. Amen. The grace of God was still here. And he said in John 17, that all that the Father has given him, he's not going to lose even one of them. And the Lord won't encourage you this evening to say you predestinated son. He's not going to be lost. No matter what Satan does, he can't stop him from coming in. Your predestinated husband, your predestinated wife, Satan can stop them from coming in. Because God has declared in his word that all that he, the Lord had given him, he, is, he hasn't lost even one of them. Not even one of them. This is not a promise from the, from, from the prophet. This is a promise from God himself. He said, I am not going to lose even one of them. If they are predestinated seed of God of mine, they are coming back home. No matter what Satan does, he is not going to stop them from coming in. No matter what he puts ahead of them, he's not going to stop them from coming in. Oh, you remember back in the days... Pharaoh couldn't stop Moses. Amen. Pharaoh couldn't stop Moses. Jericho couldn't stop Joshua. 
Oh, hallelujah. The Philistines couldn't stop Shamgar. Oh, hallelujah. The Midianites couldn't stop Gideon. They couldn't stop him because he had received the word of the Lord that he was going to defeat them. Haman couldn't stop Esther. Oh, glory be to God. Haman couldn't stop Esther. No matter what he did, he couldn't stop Esther. Amen. Oh, there is nothing that is going to stop this bride. The priests, they couldn't stop the apostles. No matter what they did, they just couldn't stop them. And I tell you, if Satan and all his, his devices and his, all his tentatives, he couldn't stop any of them, I tell you, he's not going to be able to stop you. Satan is not going to be able to stop you. If he couldn't stop Moses, he can't stop you. If he couldn't stop Haman, he can't stop. If he couldn't stop Esther, he can't stop you. Hallelujah. There is nothing that is going to hold us back. Friends, I believe it's time to shake off the past. It's time to shake off the guilt. It's time to shake everything off and say, Satan, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you to take everything that you've taken away from me. Oh, you're trying to pull me down with guilt. I am rising up. I tell you this evening, there is not even one of Malachi's that we are going to spare this evening. Oh, Saul might have went there in, in Amalek or went there in that country and he might have taken Agag with him and brought him along into the land. He didn't obey the word of God. But this evening there is a bride that is not only just like Eve, she's not even just like Saul. She's one that is going to obey the entire word of God. And we are not living even one of Malachi. We are slaying all of them. Oh, we have come back to the land and we have noticed that they have come and taken away the people. You remember what happened in Ziglag? When they came and took away all the wives and the children of David and his soldiers. And David said, I am going. But before David went, David said, I am going to encourage myself from the Lord. And David encouraged himself from the Lord. And he took a flight and he said, I am going. He asked the Lord, should I pursue them? And the Lord said, pursue them and go and recover all. Hallelujah. He didn't say go and recover some of it. But he said, go and recover all. And when he received the word of God, nothing could stop him. He said, if God told me to go and recover all then I am going with assurance that I am going and recovering all there is no one wife that is going to be left behind there is no one son that is going to be left behind I tell you that your children are going to, not going to be left behind your wife is not going to be left behind because God has told you to go and recover all and how do you recover all encourage yourself in the Lord well take down the guilt take down the shame hallelujah take God at his word because the one to realize that there is not him that is going to stop this bride oh friends we are going to take it all back we are taking it all back Oh, friends, he has, preserved, he, he has held us back with COVID and, and with this and the other we are taking it all back and as we live in this place we are not leaving one hoof behind we are going we live in this place. The cycle has begun. I tell you, you can't stop this. Satan, you just can't stop this. Hallelujah. Oh, there's nothing that is going to stop her because she is waiting. She is waiting for a rapture. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, we're taking back everything that he's taken away from us. And we are not going to come to a church service and settle down with a partial victory. Friends, our attitude of changing this evening, he's put us down with guilt. Remember, you never did it in the first place. Remember, you never did it in the first place. Remember that Satan is a liar. And when he come telling you those things, he's just lying to you. Oh, friends, we think we've been listening to the lie of the devil for too long. But I think it's time to turn the channels this evening. It's time to turn the channel this evening. Oh, there is another voice that is speaking. But the only way you can, you can cast that voice is to turn that channel. Turn the channel to the word of God. Turn the channel to the message of the hour. There is a voice that is crying out. It is saying, rise up a little higher. It is saying, come up a little higher. It is saying, come up from among them. Because there is coming a body change. Or oh, you weren't born to stay in this place. You weren't born to be part of Laodicea. You weren't born to be cold and formal and religious. You you were born to be the virtuous pride of Jesus Christ. You were born to be a son of God. You were born to be a daughter of God. And Satan is not going to stop this. It doesn't matter what he does. He's not going to stop this. The musicians can come. No one is going to stop. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, and from now... From now on to the rapture, we are taking it all back. We are not going to limit our blessings. We are taking it all back. It is your attitude, the dozer. It is how you approach it, the dozer. Because the promise is given, the victory is won. Amen. We ought to realize something. We have been justified. We have been sanctified and we are fueled up for the rapture. We have received the fuel for the rapture. And all that we're waiting for is for to hear that trumpet of sound. Oh, for us to take a flight from this place. Oh, there'll be one there. I think it was Brother John was speaking one time. And I think he was talking about what is going to be. What is going to be when you start to see your loved one showing up? What is it going to be like? What is your attitude going to be like? Friends, I tell you, maybe something that we may say, but it's something that is fixing to happen. And Satan is not going to stop this. Hallelujah. Shall we rise on our feet this evening? Oh, there is no way that this is going to be stopped. If he couldn't stop Jesus, he's not going to be able to stop you. Because the same spirit that dwells on Jesus is the same spirit that is dwelling in you. You can play some of this off, Sister Julia. It's the same thing that is dwelling in you. And we're going after him. He's robbed something. We're taking it back. We're taking it back. The time of guilt is over. You never did it. He said you never did it. You were justified. He's paid the full price. He didn't pay a half price. He paid the full price. The full requirement, which was death. And they certified that he was dead. They pierced him on his side. And they knew that he was dead. They laid him in the tomb. They knew 
that he was dead. But that was coming a morning. Hallelujah. That was coming a morning. A resurrection morning. That wasn't the end of it. Satan thought that he had stopped it then. He thought that he had him. But there was coming a resurrection morning. And I tell you friends, there's a resurrection morning that is coming from for the bride. And Satan can stop it. No matter what he does. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And if we need a refill this evening, there is refill in the house of the Lord. A refilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Brandon would say, I'll read his last quote. In the rapture, he would say, Now, the rapture, is that the rapture that we are talking about is only for the bride. He said, remember, the Bible said, and the rest of the dead leave not for a thousand years. This great rapture is there. And, uh, this, great, this great rapture, if there's not a rapture, friends, where are we at? What are we going to do? What age are we living in? What promise do we have? There is going to be a rapture. The Bible says... There will be, and it will be only for the elected, the elected lady, the bride in this day that's pulled out the church. That's the one that is going on the rapture. How many are part of that bride? How many have been pulled out of that church? Amen. Amen. I want to sing that song, Rising Up. It's a New Testament church that is rising up. Amen. There is a bride that is rising up. And Satan cannot stop this. He can stop you from receiving your blessing. He can stop you from becoming an overcomer. Because he has done the overcoming. Amen. Help us sing that, Brother Myron. Amen. As I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand. As a bride of Christ adorned in a wedding crown Just like in the days of old 